And I need for us to still continue to give, but mm -hmm. also give to ourselves mm -hmm. because we've put in the work, we've, we've done the tutelage, we've, we've taken the time to practice hours a day for a song that may last two minutes. Mm -hmm. We take the time to find the best resources for our students. That stuff ain't free. You know, mm -hmm. I want us to understand that you don't always have to be the broke musician who's literally singing for their supper or playing for their supper. Who wants that? I don't want that. No, I ain't trying to do that. Right. Welcome to Talk Your Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Diamond Ariel. And if you're Black, a person of color, or an ally, this podcast is for you. This platform gives Black entrepreneurs and creatives a space to be seen, heard, and understood, to have audacity, talk their shit, and look good while doing it. This isn't a place to be humble, rather to be yourself and take up every inch of space you deserve. So get ready because it's time for you to talk your shit. Welcome to another episode of Talk Your Shit Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk all about the magic of music, the power of using your voice, and why music honestly is great for your personal brand. And so I am joined today by Ms. Takenya Battle. How's it going? Girl, it is going, going, almost gone. We going. <laughs> Wait, don't be gone yet. You got you to gotta come back. Hold on. <laughs> I'm already in the future. Come on. Come, let's go. Oh, period. Oh, I love that. I love that for you. So tell us what you do and what your background was like growing up. Sure. What I do now is I run a music lesson studio that's wholly online, teaching voice and piano lessons. I teach other private music teachers how to make their businesses sing, and I teach speakers how to find the success in their voice through song. So we were poor. Like, we could afford all the letters P-O-O-R. We went poor. <laughs> but we, we were poor. We were poor. Mm -hmm. And I remember like uh, paying for groceries. We'd be in a grocery store. My mom would be like, yeah, you can get the name brand cereal. I'm like, yeah, putting the Frosted Flakes mm -hmm. in the cart, the Cocoa Pebbles, the the Smacks. And then we get mm -hmm. to the checkout and she pull out that paper book with food stamps. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the moments I realized we were poor. Mm -hmm. We all food stamps. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But we always had everything we needed. So that mm. that wasn't like a lack thing. It was a, oh, we just got to keep our head over water, making a way when we can, temporary mm. layoff situation. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I understand. I understand the food stamps. Uh, I don't mean to put my mom on blast. <laughs> but <laughs> I I grew up too on, on food stamps. And it was also always, it was always exciting, you know, getting the name brand cereal, getting the name brand peanut butter and not the off brand, whatever, you know, but great at the same value. time, it was like, girl, great value. Okay. <laughs> great value. Great value. <sighs> No, I, I, I'm like traumatized with great value. So I don't even use great value. It's, it's just, it just screams trauma. Okay. And diamond doesn't need any more trauma. We need luxury. We need peace. We need joy. Right. Absolutely. So I got a name brand all the way. Every day. Girl, Every day. Look, I'm just what I'm saying. When you go from great value bacon to Oscar Mayer bacon, it, it changes your life. Okay. Oh, you know, I don't maybe, care what you think. I'm going to have a chef prepare all my meals for the week. You know, that it's coming. It's and so my vision board is coming. Yes, ma'am. Like growing up, it was always there was always family around, like always mm -hmm. family around, whether 
that that nuclear family with my my parents and my little sister but my cousins my aunts my uncles like we all went to school together we all went to church together there was never a dull moment yeah mm -hmm. yeah and this is why you're you're as animated and amazing as you are today yeah because the loudest one got hurt so, <laughs> too many of us yeah okay so tell us the story of how your love for music began and you know that led you to becoming a music teacher that led you to becoming you know a whole entrepreneur i think my earliest memories probably go back to my parents house always being the party house so mm. my parents would put the records on and they would have these dance parties and these parties would just go and go and go all night long and i think you know i may not have been in the room but i could hear the music and I just, there are songs from that time that still stick with me today. This is probably why, like, I truly love, like, old school R&B, because that's mm -hmm. all my parents were playing, old school R&B and gospel, you know, all day Sunday. Uh, but that yeah, music had always been. Yeah, yeah, give me a tambourine. <laughs> Take piano lessons with my cousins when we, when we were in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. We all wanted to be in the same class together. We agreed on piano. And it just stuck for me. Music became a way for me to sing songs that would that would have the emotions I didn't have the words to say. So I, I can mm. remember swing, uh, sitting on a swing set in the backyard singing Whitney Houston's Greatest Love of All, her version of Greatest Love of All. Or I can remember singing Square Biz by Tina Marie, and I'm like, eight. What I know about Square Biz? I don't know nothing about no Square Biz at eight or singing Rick James Super Freak at like seven, eight, nine. <laughs> She's a super freak. Is she? I, I don't know. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm seven years old. She might be. She might be. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. So you say well beyond my age and understanding, but I just love the groove. I love the repetition. I love the intricacies in the layering of the instruments and sounds. I loved it. I just flocked to it. That is amazing. Well, I mean, shout out to Super Free. Um, <laughs> thank you, Rick James. Look, thank you, Rick James. Appreciate you. So uh, that's what introduced you to music. And you're like, man, I love, you know, the freedom of this. Where were you before you ended up pursuing music as a whole career? <laughs> I was in, it was freshman year of college at Florida A&M University, Tallahassee, mm -hmm. HBCU, shout out. Uh, I actually received a full academic scholarship because, you know, my family couldn't afford college. I, I received a full mm -hmm. academic scholarship to attend Florida A&M University. And my major at the time was actually biology. Oh, wow. Complete opposite. Not even in the same sphere. And that's because <laughs> I've always been a geek. I've always been a nerd before being a nerd was cool. I was all up and watching Star Trek. I was uh, all I like my favorite, my favorite Christmas gift I got was a microscope with like, <laughs> with like slides for you, for you to look at. I, when I say I was a nerd, I'm like doing experiments. I'm constructing things to keep my little sister from coming in my room in the morning to watch Saturday morning cartoons. I'm like, no, you can't come in here. And I built a contraption to keep her from mm. coming out my room. Mm. So yeah, science was my thing until I got that big fat D in chemistry freshman year. Oh, child, chemistry was... Oh. <sighs> I mean, sad, no insert sad face. My scholarship oh, wow. was in jeopardy. Mm. And I had to think fast. 
Think fast. I'm like mm-hmm. calling home, telling my daddy, Daddy, I got a D in chemistry. Well, you better figure something out because we ain't got one thin dime to send you. Shout out to fathers. <laughs> Look, no, no empathy. Just you better figure it out. Figure it out. He said, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay there or do you want to come home? I was like, I want to stay here. You better figure something out. And so I changed my major to music because I had to think about mm-hmm. what had always been there. And mm-hmm. I, I really took, I looked, I did an analysis of my life and I could see all the times where like when I was in choir or when I was playing at church, like the music was the one thing that was most consistent for me. And so I changed my major from biology to music education and things just took off. It took the freak off. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, wow, we're singing in Italian, we're singing in French, we're singing in German, we're singing Negro spirituals, we're touring up and down the East Coast. I'm learning how to play Bach and Brahms and Chopin, and I'm loving this stuff. I'm like, loving it. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was it for me. That is so inspiring, honestly. Okay, so you, you switched from science to, you know, music. Something that's more creative and that spoke to you and you realize like, whoa, this is my, this is my jam, right? Did you transition into becoming like an actual teacher, teaching in the schools? How was that for you? Yeah. So I was thinking about, well, what degree will pay well on the outside? And the degree was the music education degree. So there I I learned like pedagogy, childhood, uh, adolescent psychology, those type things so that I could apply it into a practical situation. And I had my one and only job interview in Dallas, once I finished my internship, I interviewed with one school and was hired on the spot. That was it. She was like, all right, you're hired. I was like, okay, what do I do for the rest of the day? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, I got the job with Mm -hmm. just one interview. So I don't have experience of applying to multiple places and and being rejected. It's like, I applied, well, I I was interviewed. That was it. First day Mm -hmm. that I had to report to school as a teacher, I had to put in a notice. I'm like, well, can I go graduate first? Cause like I got hired before, you know? So yeah, I missed like the first teaching training day cause I was graduating. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge moment for my family because I am the second woman in my family to graduate college. We're talking about mm-hmm. generational things. We're talking about systemic things. And I'm only mm-hmm. the second one in my family to come out with a degree. It's, it's right there, y'all. Oh, that's, ooh, we get an inside look. Ooh. Ooh, she real real nice. She real nice. Yeah, she nice. But I ended up working in the school district, the same school district that I grew up in, the same neighborhood that I grew up in. I'm working with kids who look like me. And so Mm -hmm. I'm empathizing with them because I know what they need. I know what they want. I know what they crave. They're they're talking and telling me things like I'm their mama. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they be like, mama. And I'm like, wait, I'm your teacher. And they be like, oh, Miss Freeny. Miss, that's mm-hmm. my maiden name, Freeny. So anybody with that last name is, is a definite relative. Mm-hmm. Definite relative. <laughs> okay. Like, Who's your dad? We can match them up. Mm-hmm. But I would get in trouble for my students. And it would be good trouble that I didn't mind getting in for them. And they knew that. So I would constantly have to take like the walk of shame to the principal's office because uh you know the the principal would be like calling my name on the pa and i'm I'm walking in the hallways to get to the principal's office and all the other teachers are sticking their head out like what you did now i'm like i don't know i'm about to find out when i get there 
<laughs> I'm about to find out. Because I, I was relentless in, in making the experience valuable for my students. So if that meant mm -hmm. bringing in my own equipment, bringing in my friends in the industry who were doing things that the students were interested in, if that meant uh, me showing up sometimes in my military uniform, you know, because the Army may say report during these times, and I would be there during those times, but I may mm -hmm. segue over to my school just to so, show my students, like, your teacher does other things, too. We don't just live here. We don't live here. Mm -hmm. We do other things too. And I think that's really mm -hmm. impacted my students. They still shout me out. They still look for me. That's real love. I'm glad to hear though, that you didn't actually hate your job. Cause I know that, you know, people, why they go into entrepreneurship because they hate their job. Right. But you actually enjoyed it. Right. You actually enjoyed your students. You take, you took care of them and they're going to remember that when they get older, they're like, wow, Miss, Miss Freeney, as they knew you, right. Took care of me. She believed in me. And that is so important for, you know, this current generation and for the, you know, generation coming up, especially for people that look like us, because yeah. oftentimes we are shamed as kids told that, no, like, you can't do this. You, you're not going to be, you know, in music. You're not going to become a freaking stylist or be in fashion. You should go, you know, get a real job, be a doctor, you know, do something that's safe. Child, when I tell you that, like, I was shunned okay for wanting to pursue fashion they'd be like no you can't do that you're not good enough for that you should go be a nurse like it, it crushed me that crushed. that hurts for me to hear that because they would they would give me when i say they i'm talking about admin they would they would give me what they would you know so-called quote-unquote problem kids i was like you can mm -hmm. handle it yeah you you you, you got this one and i'm like these kids aren't a problem they just need a vehicle of expression mm -hmm. and during school hours, we're taught to suppress, 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 fall in yeah. line, do the things, mm -hmm. follow the rules. Music don't have rules. Yeah. Music doesn't put you in a box. Music doesn't make mm -hmm. you have to stay within the lines and the spaces that are already drawn. Mm -hmm. So those so-called bad kids, they listen to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess because I was listening to them. I'm listening to yeah. what they're not saying. You have to be in tune with who you're serving. And I was serving them babies. You best believe they, I think one mm -hmm. of them told me, he was like, do you remember when you bought me? And I don't even know what I bought her, like a sweater or a pair of shoes. or something. I don't know what it was. I don't remember doing it because those were the things that I was just constantly doing for these kids. Mm -hmm. I think one of them just graduated college. And I remember there was a moment where she had posted on Facebook saying that she didn't have the money to make tuition. It was some class she needed and she was thinking about quitting. I said, not, not on my watch. Mm. I said, baby, what's the fastest way I can get you this money? That baby just walked uh, this past December and I'm just like, oh, my babies. I love that. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Yes. <laughs> and that right there is financial freedom. Yes. Freedom. We have the accessibility and ability to do that. Like, let me help you out. Right. And it, it, we, it doesn't even like mess with us. Right. It doesn't even phase us. But that amount of money like changed her life. You, you don't even know what that's going to do for her in the future. And she's going to look back at this moment and be like, man, she really, looked, she really looked out for me. So let me do the same right for the next person. And that is super important in our community. And so for you, you have two sides of your business, you, right? You work with students and you also work with teachers. Um, so yeah. tell us about the student side. The student side, that came to me because I walked away from teaching in public schools. 
-hmm. And it wasn't me walking away from the students per se. It was me walking away from the systems that they had in place in the school classroom. I just, it was intolerable for me, Mm -hmm. but I still loved teaching. So I had to like, how do I still teach? Like, what do I do? Where do I go? And that's Mm -hmm. how I ended up opening Kenya's Keys. My oldest two kids actually gave the studio its name. It was like, mommy, just use your name. I was like, okay. All right. And I, I did and it worked out. Keys is such, uh, it's a word you can play with. Keys to life, keys to music, keys of a song. And, and mm-hmm. the music gives you multiple layers within these keys. But the students mm-hmm. that I have now, the youngest ones are like six, seven, eight years old. The oldest ones are older than my parents. And it's when I get to work with the ones that are more seasoned, that as much as I'm teaching them, they're teaching me. Mm-hmm. They be dropping gems for me. And for my young ones, all the things that I wanted somebody to say to me when I was their age are the things that I'm saying to them. Oh, it's okay mm-hmm. if you make a mistake. We can keep going. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you missed a note. The music is still musicking. We good. Mm-hmm. So those are, I love it. I, I just love it. I love my students and they know it. And the families, their families know that I love them as well. I will go to bat for them. There are some systems that I was using to take my payments every month. And the way the system was set up one time, it like overcharged my families a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> like a ton. Like oh yeah, like a like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to the company and the company didn't give me an answer that I was comfortable with. Mm. They were like, well, just tell the family that they they paid all the way through January. I'm like, it's October. Mm. <laughs> it's October. And I didn't want to like, oh, oh, guys, here's your money back. You know, we ain't trying to do refunds. We can avoid it. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me tell. I'm going to leave it in here. Ellington. Okay. Stop shooting your gun. I'm doing a podcast. He got a little... It goes pew pew. <laughs> we were stop you. Yeah, we, we were playing earlier. I got him in the body a few times, but he got me in the head. So I, mean, I guess he won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my my families know that I, I take care of them. They were saying, "Well, we haven't received an invoice for a few for a little while." I was like, "I know. Don't worry about it." So I I ate that one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to do that as business owners. We have to eat it. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta you gotta swallow it, digest it, and move on. Yeah. It's okay. And there's something that you said was that you told your students that it's okay to make mistakes. Child. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I don't know what it is in the black community. What why parents don't communicate that it's okay to make mistakes. Like they want us to be this super perfect human being that we're never going to attain, that we're never going to be. And so that in itself, we growing up, we, we're becoming perfectionists, right? We become upset or feeling worthless if we don't complete something or so it doesn't come out perfect. And me being me, I am a hardcore perfectionist, okay? But every day I am, you know, working on like, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Just get it out there and perfect it along the way, right? But at the same time, the strengths that come with being a perfectionist is that you're, you're going to be taken care of. Like, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to bullshit you services, right? I'm going to take care of you. And so I love that you said that you give them the opportunity to make mistakes and tell them that it's okay. 
because we need that. We need to know that. And so with you working with your students, right? Yeah. And then you also work with music teachers. So y'all, let me tell y'all important, important tips because I did a little digging and I did lurking. Okay. So she has a program called Key of Easy, right? And so this program is meant to bridge the income gap and help music teachers make more money. So what y'all may not know is that music teachers don't make that much. Private music teachers make on average $24.62. Literal pennies literal opinions. You're not making anything. Okay. It is more expensive for you to work than it is to like live. Okay. It's tragic. And the top 10% makes 74 K a year. And the bottom 10% makes under 33 K a year. Un- you under. can't survive off of that. Under, under beneath. Like how do you go to school, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, but only make a 20 K a year? Like the math is not mathing. Right. And so the importance of what to Kenya's doing is that she is helping, trying to bridge that income gap, right? So what did you experience that drove you to create this program and what type of impact has it made for your clients? Woo, what I've experienced is we as in my industry, we're givers. We give, give, give. Mm. We, we, will, we will give until it hurts. And I need for us to still continue to give, but mm. also give to ourselves. Because we've put in the work, we've we've done the tutelage, we've we've taken the time to practice hours a day for a song that may last two minutes. Mm-hmm. We take the time to find the best resources for our students. That stuff ain't free, you know. Mm-hmm. I want us to understand that you don't always have to be the broke musician who's literally singing for their supper or playing for their supper. Who wants that? I don't want that. No, I ain't trying to do that. Right. Right. As you heard, I got kids. They like to eat. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. goals. They got dreams. And I want to support them in that. So I want to teach other private music teachers to charge a wage that fits the lifestyle that they want to live. Mm-hmm. We're not doing $5 for 30-minute lessons. I've seen mm-hmm. it. <laughs> $5? Yes. Child... Well, I just do it because it's a hobby. Well, you're hurting our profession, ma'am. You're, you're causing people to not value what I do. Mm-hmm. So I don't want us to lowball. Quit lowballing. Why are we doing it? Why? Raise them rates. And I'm not saying just raise your rates across the board because you want to get all the money. Provide an excellent experience in the process. Right. Something they can't and get I think <laughs> Period, right? But mm-hmm. I think... T- why people do that is because they don't believe that they are worthy enough to charge such prices. That's right? it. Yeah. And I love that. Y'all going to learn about Rachel Rogers. Okay. That's all I talk about on this podcast. Like she gets mentioned in every episode. So I'm just, just letting y'all know, but Rachel teaches that so, so well. She's like, y'all double it, raise your rates. Okay. You, you do not need to be poor to do what you love. Okay. Who you going to help? Who you going to help poor? Who you gonna help? Who you gonna help? You're not even helping yourself. Exactly. Who are you gonna you're help? Struggling. You're struggling. How can I be able to break off an old student some change if I ain't charging the right kind of change myself? Right. You're charging twenty four dollars an hour. Yeah. That's not. I can't do nothing with that. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to help. You know, one of your students graduate. Yeah. Right. That's like, the impact. In order for us to help people, we have to charge enough. Right. The white man can charge enough. Okay. So you can charge more. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this ain't the prince and the pauper, you know. 
And if it is, we're the prince. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Look. So let's talk about the power of using our voice, right? There's something that you said on your website before someone fills out, you know, their creative brief to receive their signature sound that I found fascinating. So you say, as an entrepreneur, you already moved to your own beat in life. You can have your very own custom soundtrack that reflects your rhythm and flow in the business world. So why is it so important for us, especially as entrepreneurs and creatives, to have music be a part of our personal brand? What better way to announce your entrance? <laughs> what yeah. better way to have this particular sound be associated with your awesomeness? The mm -hmm. uh, I'm loving it jingle. Everybody know that's McDonald's. Mm -hmm. The theme from Good Times, people can still sing it without having to think twice about it. Temporary layoffs. I mean, we can just sing it. You just run it off. Good Times has not been mm -hmm. on the air since the 70s. You know, mm -hmm. it's, origi it's origination day. These mm -hmm. are things that stick in the mind of your audience all the time. You don't have to keep running mm -hmm. an ad. They're thinking about the song that you had already. You don't mm -hmm. have to keep going live on social media. Your song is stuck in their head. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's embedded there and it's going to get them to come back to you again and again and again. I, shoot, I might need a theme song. Yeah. Give me my theme music. <laughs> right, as I'm walking down the street so people know I'm coming, have an assistant next to me be like, yeah, so play the song right now yes. as I make my entrance into yeah. the store. You know? Oh, I can come up with shoot, I got, I could, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you believe is the key to a great song and how do you incorporate that into your business and teach others to do the same? That's a really good question. What do I believe is the key to a great song and how do I incorporate that into my business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A great song has to have emotions and connection. Mm. Emotions and connection. It's gotta be something that it sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. it sounds a little familiar to you because we connect better with that. It don't matter if I'm singing meow 50, 11 times. <laughs> if there's some kind of emotional connection in there and some form of repetition, I'm going to be drawn to it. There is literally mm -hmm. a song that they meow about 50, 11 times. It's from an opera. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually incorporate that in part of my teaching. Because if you just had to say only one word for the rest of your life, and this word just happens to be meow, well, how do you com mm. communicate all your emotions with just meow? Mm. Is it, oh, meow, mm -hmm. meow. You know, there's so much you can do. It's the connection and the emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Connection and emotion is what drives the business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It just, it just really is. They, my students know, they know I got them. That's why mm. they keep coming back. Year after year after year after year. Like, I see my babies grow up. Mm -hmm. I, I literally see them grow up before my eyes. I remember one came to me when he was about five years old. Five years old. And he came to me. He wanted drum lessons. I wasn't teaching drum lessons at the time. So he settled for piano. This child is a percussionist in his middle school band now. And he's been able to use the skills he got as a pianist over there in, in, as he takes, takes the marimba. He's able to read the music because he learned how to do it first with me. Tangible skills. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amazing. 
is it I love that the fact that you are teaching them these skills right and that they can take it. And it's not they're not just coming back to you because they don't know what they're doing and they're coming back to you and now they hook them to you like a crackhead, right? But yeah. you are teaching them these things and you know they can take it with them and they can teach it to someone else, you know, if they want to. I love that. Learning music yeah. is a is a study in patience. Mm-hmm. It's a study in going a little bit deeper. Like, yes, I want to learn how to play XYZ song. Why is it not happening underneath my fingers? <laughs> like, where, like, where is, is it? it? Right, where? right. So it's an ex, it's an exploration in inactive failing. You have you have mm-hmm. to keep failing in order for it to get right. I love that. Yes, you have to fail. Y'all, you have to fail. Stop trying to not fail. You have to fail. <laughs> Multiple times. Yes. Multiple times. And I let my students see me make mistakes. Like when I'm recording a video mm-hmm. for them or something, if I happen to be sight reading and I miss a note, I'd be like, oh, uh-oh, measure, measure nine. Here we go. And I, you know, I just start from right there and keep going. I'm not going to stop this video and start over and hope I get it all the way right this time. I'm leaving that mistake yeah. in there so they can see I, I'm still making mistakes. But you've you been doing it a long time. Yeah. And I still make mistakes. Now what? <laughs> and once again, they shouldn't be afraid to make those mistakes. They'll be making the mistakes for the rest of your life. That yeah. doesn't stop you from being successful. That just makes you human. It makes you more yeah. relatable. And then boom, you got more business. Boom. You have more clients, yeah. more connections. We love it. <laughs> so that is a perfect leeway into you're talking about, you know, teaching them piano lessons, right? And so you, BB, are a best-selling author. Yes. Y'all didn't hear that. Let me say that again. Her, a black woman. Okay, period. Yes, flip the hair, flip it. Okay. Talk your shit, baby. Okay. <laughs> you are a best-selling author, right? And the author of not one, but two books. Pew, pew. One of them is 10 Reasons Why Piano Scales Are Important, How to Practice Piano with Purpose. And her second book is... Is my child ready for music lessons? A guide for parents. So tell us about these books and the phenomenal value that they offer. Man, ah, oh. <sighs> first of all, <laughs> writing these books was an exercise in me committing to something, like seeing it through. The way my brain mm-hmm. works is, I'll have lots of ideas, lots of them. They're awesome mm-hmm. ideas, and the struggle for me is following through and finishing to completion. That's mm-hmm. my struggle. So I gave myself the deadline of my birthday to put these books out. Like, okay, I better I need to have everything submitted by my birthday. And it worked. It, it freaking worked. So 10 reasons why piano scales are important is really just taking the lessons that we do in music, repetition. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep repeating something in order for it to sink right. in. That's same thing happens in life. It's like taking the the skills that we use here at the piano and transferring them into a life lesson because music, mm-hmm. it, it's an expert study in, in what life really is. That's mm-hmm. what that book is about. And then the, is my child ready for music lessons, a guide for parents? It shows parents how to find the right music teacher for their kid. It gives them multiple opportunities to expose their children at any age from like in, in utero, in the womb, all the way to they getting ready to walk out the house and start their own life. It, it, it provides multiple opportunities to get kids around music and expose them to things. Um, there's 30 things in there that you can do, even if you're not musically inclined. These are things you can do with your kid, give you some ideas there. And what I love most about this book is right before I published it, 
my piano teacher reached out to me and she was like, she, she's West Indian and she's got this really light voice. She's like, uh, to Kenya, um, could you just send me a copy of your book before you publish it? I'd, I'd love to go over it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, Dr. Corley wants to read my book. Oh my mm-hmm. God. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm back in student mode again. I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm the student now. And she wrote the most amazing review. And this is someone who's, she's a Juilliard graduate. She's wow. so talented. Like I used to put my ear to the door just to listen to her warm up at the piano, just like her getting her fingers ready. I'd be like, wow, I've never had, heard the C scale played like that before in my life. You know, it's just like the simplest things were so amazing with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's what that book's about. How to connect your kids to music. When is it time to even stop lessons? Because they're, they're, that time does come for some people. Girl, if I had this book when I was younger, I probably would have stuck with um, piano lessons because I I did at some point take piano lessons and I was like, ooh, I love this, right? And then I would go into the store and then I would hear music playing. And I'm like, mom, that'll be me one day. And she'd be like, yep, sure, it'll be, sweetie. Girl, wait. What happened? What happened? She just stopped taking me and I just stopped talking about it. Like, I just, I just never felt like I had consistency when I was a kid. So I never really stuck with one thing. And I had to untrain myself from that because I always have ideas. I'm always like, ooh, I should do this. Ooh, I should do this. And it's like, no, you need to stick with one thing, expand that, and then you can go off your other 20, 30, 40, 50 ideas. Because I got ideas, y'all, I got ideas for years for plans, okay? And so we're trying to, you're trying to, we're I'm trying to keep to it in line. Yes, yes. And that is what we call a, a multi, what is that? Multi entrepreneur? Yeah, multi, multi hyphenate. <laughs> yeah, multi yeah, a multi hyphen. You know, because all my hyphens, yeah, they they still the base is still music for me. <laughs> like, yeah, are you yeah. a music producer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you a background yeah. vocalist? Yes. yes. Do you compose music? Yes. Do you conduct mm-hmm. music? Yes. Do you mm-hmm. teach music? Yes. Do you play the drums? Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. but they all. It like the the root is music, but when people ask me like, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. The answer that I give depends on who's asking. Mm-hmm. It depends, you know. Sometimes I'll say, well, you know, I run an international music lesson studio, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or I just sung background vocals on a song picked up by Snoop Dogg. You know, it's yes, I was waiting for you to point it out. I was go, I was go drag that out. Yes, you did, baby. Tell us about it. Go ahead. Talk your shit. Tell us. Come on. I'm going to talk my shit and shout out Quentin Moore, first of all. It's Quentin Moore's song, and the initials to the title are the letter B, the letter F, the letter U, which you can fill in those blanks. I don't I don't know if the mm-hmm. F word gets you censored or not, but you can you can you can figure out what it means. And I had to sing mm-hmm. that over and over B F U over and over again. And I'm just like. You know, he, B, F, U, B, F, U. And then we had to modulate and like singing another key. B, F, U. I'm like singing it over and over and over and over and over again. I love that for you. I'm a preacher's daughter and I'm also a church musician. <laughs> These worlds can coexist. They can and do. Because I'm, I'm definitely doing that. 
So yes, can I go on Sunday morning and hit your your Andre Crouch and whatever else people be listening to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can also sing BFU. Mm-hmm. Period. While while, you know, doing the tambourine. It's... Need a tambourine for both. Why not? I mean, come on. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I I, I like that though. I I love that I get to do all kinds of music, all Mm -hmm. kinds of music. So if that means I have a student who may be from India or his family's from India and he's like first generation. If that means I have to learn how to sing a song in Hindi, I do it. That's that's what that baby want to learn. All right, cool. The principles of music are the same. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to always come through a classical lens. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. All music is valid. And mm-hmm. so it's real important for me to have my students see reflection of themselves in the music that we're doing. Super important. Because we ain't always have yes. Super good. Yes, that's so true. See, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that we can be multi-passionate. We can do different things. We don't have to keep ourselves in a box and stick to one thing. Yeah. And you are doing all the things, but the foundation is the same. I That's love that. Someone loves medical shit, right? So yeah. their their foundation is medical, right? Yeah. But they can do so many things with that. For me, it's fashion. My foundation is fashion. I love fashion, right? I can do so many things with that. I have so many ideas. Oh my gosh. It's, yes, it's, it's I'm going to stop there. I'm going to send my daughter your way because that baby's into fashion as well. She dresses mommy. From time to time, she. I'm asking my 16 year old, "Does this go together?" She's like, "No, mommy, no, no, no." no. <laughs> hey, send her my way. Look. Oh yeah, um, you're you're gonna get Ella or or Camille, whatever name she's using. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, there's too many Ellas at school, so she goes by her middle name, Camille. I'm did you? Did I tell you? I I named all my kids after musicians, and these sap suckers got the nerve. To not play a doggone thing. Ah, tell me about it. The, the, as Robert would say, the melanated audacity the, of them to, to think for themselves and, and want to have their own choices in life. So how I, dare they? How dare they? So I got a Miles named after Miles Davis. He's 19, a freshman at UT. I, he came home yesterday for like two hours and then he was gone. Uh. <laughs> I got a 16-year-old Ella named after Ella Fitzgerald. She can sing. You know, when I be listening, she can actually sing. But she's more into dance and theater and fashion. And then I have an Ellington Langston named after Duke Ellington and Langston Hughes. And he's Mm. all into whatever that iPad is doing right now. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. He's okay. Maybe it's giving tech. Um, Yeah. Maybe. It's giving... Whatever he's, yeah, whatever parent parental controls are allowing right now. I don't even know. <laughs> so let's talk about, actually, let's talk about your favorite client results. Hmm. Favorite client results. Um, yeah. I love when I get the text message or the inbox that says, I got another student. Or I raised mm. my rates and nobody yes. left my studio. Or now they're putting out their own books. Mm. Or now they have their own podcast. Now they have their own membership communities. I'm like, yes, y'all are doing it. Now they're Mm. making uh, between six and 10K a month. You know, I love that for them. I love that for them. It's like they were really listening. They listened to what I said. They They really listened. They charged more than $25. 
Yeah. And they're taking the risk. They're, they're taking mm-hmm. calculated risks, but risks nonetheless. They see mm-hmm. the value in providing high, high level educational experiences. It's like, we're just determined to not let, I'm like trying, like, I almost said it the way I would have said it, were we not in record mode. <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> We want to have our voices be as amplified as the voices of others. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a nice way to say it. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, mm-hmm. we, we tired of looking at these white boys, but I had to, I had to fix it back up. But like, but you really, you're not wrong though. Yeah. There are other voices out there. There's room for our voices. And that is the power of our voice, especially, you know, as entrepreneurs, it seems like black women, black people have to work harder to make the same dollar that the white man does. Way harder. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we have the mindset of everything has to be hard. Yes. And it does because not have to be. We are yes. used to hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if I'm going to make uh, this, this egg omelet, this omelet with eggs, first I have to get chickens. And, and hens, and then now I have to wait for the chickens and hens to like do whatever it is that they do. And now I gotta wait for the the, the, hen, the hen to lay her eggs, and then just go to the store and get some eggs. Or I better yet, don't even go to the store. Order it. They'll deliver it to your exactly. house. Better yet, just have it sent to the house. I, I feel like yeah, we feel like everything has to be hard. Mm-hmm. Everything ain't gotta be hard. It doesn't. And I think that's what stops a lot of us from pursuing our dreams because we just assume that it's hard. So we never do it. And then we, you know, live our the rest of our lives working a miserable job at a business don't even that don't even care about you. They really don't, because I was replaced. I was replaced at that quickness. elementary. Yeah. Was replaced. Recently I was at this event and there was, you know, three speakers on a panel and it was a blavity event. Gotta love blavity, right? And the guy was saying that someone had told him that the company will replace you before your obituary is posted, right? They will post your job before your obituary is posted. That is real talk. Like I have seen people like where I'm just lurking on LinkedIn, people will die for their jobs, but they're already replaced before they're even buried. And it's like, why Why must we continue slaving for these companies that don't care about us instead of pursuing you know, what we love to do? If you want to work for a company for the rest of your life, cool. But at least do something where you're not stressed, where you're making enough money, where you don't have to slave you know, for them, yeah. right? Because they're going to forget about you and move on. So it's like, you might as well be doing something that you love, right? Absolutely. If I'm going to do all this work, let me do it doing something that, that I actually enjoy a lot more. And I mm-hmm. see things both through the lens of having been an employee and and then now having been an employer, mm-hmm. I always wanted to make sure my employees felt supported, that they had all the helps that they needed and that this was a place that I want them to graduate from. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want them to stay with me forever. So they've gone on to culinary school. They've gone on to college. Uh, I, I want them to not need me, but right, want to right. be here. Right. That's beautiful that you're like, go be great. You don't have to stay here. And I feel like for companies, we have to pretend that we're going to stay there (laughs) for the rest of our lives in order to get hired. When it's like, hey, onboarding is like, hey, I know you're not going to stay here for the rest of your life. That's cool. Um, But take what you need. Right. I hope you Uh feel supported. I hope you feel taken care of and then Mm -hmm. pursue your own dreams. Right. And it's like, 
I love that. And we, we need that. Right. And so with you, you know, taking care of your people and just having all the success. Okay. Doing st- songs with Snoop Dogg. Cause what the hell? We not everybody do that. Period. Right. You know, you know and the, the, the behind the scenes on that is I literally recorded it in my closet. I just went in the closet and sang my part and sent it back. So from the closet to out in the open with Snoop. Beautiful. And that opens the door for more opportunities. Absolutely. It does. It gives me, I want, you know, I want to talk about like a lot of times as creatives, we get offered like the free gig. Oh, Mm -hmm. come do this event. It pays an exposure. I'm like, but my kids Mm -hmm. don't eat exposure. They, they, they do. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They don't No. (laughs) My kids don't, neither do I. Please. I don't, eat, I don't need exposure, you know, but there, there's a way to flip it. I'm not saying say yes to every free gig, but be, be more selective in the free mm-hmm. gigs you do take, because I've been able to parlay those selective free gigs in, into oppor- more opportunities that lead to mm-hmm. contracts with the city, that lead to speaking opportunities for me, that lead to me being more involved in the community and implanting myself in the places that I've been trying to figure out, like, where y'all at? Been beating the drum all this time. Where we at? Look at y'all. Mm-hmm. Now I'm finding us because I've mm-hmm. taken the the free gig and parlayed that into something more lucrative. Like you know, sometimes people are working at a job that they absolutely hate. There were things I hated about my job as a school teacher. For people who are old enough to have seen the movie Lean on Me and how the school just had all these rampant problems. Mm-hmm. That's how our elementary school was. It had all these rampant problems. <laughs> With students being in crisis situations, students having way more bad days than good days. Mm -hmm. And then we're still expecting them to show up and produce. We're still expecting them to act normal when ain't nothing normal going on in their their lives. Mm -hmm. All the times when the school would be on lockdown and helicopters flying over. I remember we were outside on the playground one day. And I see the helicopter hovering and they make the little cold, like special cold announcement. Hey, go take cover. Like, yeah, dang, we can't even play on the playground. Mm. Like, come on. Come on. This is elementary school. And this is not like last year or whatever. This is like 2013-ish, 2014-ish. This is like almost 10 years ago. And those mm. are the problems I was experiencing as a public educator then. And stuff has continued to spiral, not in an upward fashion. It's going kind of the other way. It makes it hard mm-hmm. for people to want to stay in education. The system has to change, which is, or or I create a new one, which is how my business right. Yeah, that is something that we have to recognize. Like, like, if you have a problem at your current job, and this is, you know, whether the area is what you love to do or you have other passions, you see a problem and they're not fixing it, go off and create the opportunity, you know, for yourself, right? And oftentimes we, you know, are upset or feel some type of way that there's not room at the table. Girl, go create your own table and then make room for others, right? We're not going to get anywhere by just continuing to, com- continuing to complain and stay in that, you know, that same spot. We have to make our own opportunities. We see a problem, go fix it. I know for you that you've come across like a lot of challenges, so what kind of challenges have you faced as a Black woman, Black private music teacher and producer and all the hats that you wear and how have you overcome them or continue to? It's a, the challenges. When I think about them, 
those problems really aren't mine. It's those individuals who have mm-hmm. said something or misunderstood or, or, or thought some kind of way. Those are their issues, but it, that doesn't make it none, nonetheless, any, without a doubt, it's still challenging. So when I show up to a small business event, just, you know, just not going as, as someone who's participating, but going as someone who's there to partake in. And Mm -hmm. again, somebody asked me, what do I do if I'm, if we're in this business like setup and I don't know what they're expecting me to say, but I used to kind of minimize, I used to kind of minimize what it was that I do. I used to say, oh, you know, uh, I, I have a, I teach music lessons. He said, I teach music lessons. That sounds way different than saying I run an international music lesson studio. Mm -hmm. It sounds, I had to change how I talk about myself because I was letting other people minimize me by my speech because I'm expecting them to act a certain way. They have, when I say they, I mean, usually Mm -hmm. white males uh, will either see me as an object. Mm -hmm. Oh, Look, my day just got better because you walked in, but it's it's not because of it's because of what they see. What that's what that's what they're drawn to. The, the fetish, the fetish of it all. Whereas white women, in my in my experience, will see me in that same outfit in the same environment and look me up and down dismissively, like I'm here to take their husband or something. I don't. I don't I really don't want child trust. You don't want this. You don't want him. Okay. <laughs> it's not. The dismissiveness of it all, the belittling of it all, the what do you really know of it all? But when you turn around, turn around and say, well, I'm a classically trained vocalist and pianist, they kind of back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they had that look like, oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, N-word. Oh, you feel it. I think you feel it before you actually see it. I'm I'm such an empathic person. I feel mm-hmm. it before I see it or they say it. Yes. Woo! And I try to remove myself from the situation. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I just don't even go back. Like right now, I keep getting emails. Oh, we're looking for you. Uh, y'all keep looking. Mm-hmm. Y'all keep looking. I'm not going to be back for a little while. Let me process how y'all doing things over there so I can formulate mm-hmm. my response so I can move in a way that makes sense for me. It doesn't have me feeling some kind of way about my experience in your thing. I get invited to, oh, we'd like you, for you to join our board. We've been looking for somebody like you. Mm-hmm. They want to look diverse. Yeah, but not really be you diverse. Use as a token. Right. Yeah. They, the intention and the impact ain't matching. Button heads. I can feel that stuff a mile away. Oh well, you know, can you be our speaker for February? Why? Why February? <laughs> I said I'm black, three sixty five. What you mean? So maybe so pro black during February, but anti black every other month of the year. I try to give my own kids the tools that they need to engage mm-hmm. and still come home. For me, it's just like a rage that continues to bubble. Like, I think James Baldwin has that quote where, where he says something to the effect of like, to be black in America is to be in a constant state of rage. But yeah. we're supposed to be normal. We're supposed to be, you know, ain't nothing wrong. Everything's fine. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Either be the strong black woman or the angry black woman. Right. Can I just, can I just be me? Can I just be a woman? Can I have like, this moment? Can I just, 
Right. Can I have this? Why is it when a white woman stands up for herself, she's seen as strong, she's seen as she's taking up space, she's seen as, you know, this powerful woman when a black woman does it, it's like, oh shoot, you know, don't get angry, don't get mad, right? Why are we seen as an enemy? We are in 2023. Why are we still having this discussion? I mean, if you intimidated, just say that. Yeah, if you intimidated, just say that. If my credentials blow your mind, just say that and then pay me. Just say that because it does, it should and will. And do Pay me accordingly, and okay. that's when I remind myself that mm-hmm. I fired weapons that have blown holes in army tanks. Y'all better leave me alone. Make, they're gonna wake up dead. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> wake up dead. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Look, that's what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves and put ourselves first. But we do deserve to be in those rooms. We do deserve to take up all the space to talk our shit. Right. We deserve. A seat at the table and shit if there's not one create your own seat right yeah create your own table we have to we have, we have to. to yeah and there's more so, power when we unify mm-hmm. you know us creatives you and i you know there's more power when you when we unify <laughs> yes exactly instead of trying to be constant competition with each other yeah my competition is right. in the mirror <laughs> it's <laughs> me versus me it is me versus me because this is a phenomenal episode, y'all. I hope y'all took this in. What are three pieces of advice that you want to leave for entrepreneurs or creatives or just, you know, students who are trying to find their voice? Ooh, <laughs> three pieces of advice for people who are trying to find their voice. I would say lean into joy, lean into the joy of the day, of the process, the, the ebb and flow of it all. Lean into that. Find the joy in it. That's number one. Number two would be love your voice. I'm learning that there are so many people who don't love how they sound. They think they sound like a munchkin or a little mouse or mm. they, they don't like the, the of it all. Those are mm. tools. Those are all tools. If you got the, you get like, right into the note that you're trying to sing. So love your voice. Learn to love your voice. If you don't love your voice, come holla. And I guess the final piece of advice I would give would be to stay true to yourself. Now, you know, mm. you know when stuff don't be feeling right for you. You have to ask yourself, is that fear? Face that fear. I mean, did you die? <laughs> stuff like for real. Right. Did you die? <laughs> right. Did you die? That's what I, that's going back to what I be telling my students, make the mistake. Cause when they make the mistake, I'd be like, did the earth start spinning backwards on its axis now? Oh, all right, then cool. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Make those mistakes. I love it. That's the perfect way to end it. We don't even have to do a closing. Just end it. Just boop, you know? And scene. And scene. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zakenia, thank you so much for being a guest today for talking to us for giving us all the good value the good information i appreciate you i appreciate our relationship you are just a dope human being and i'm super excited to see you do more good things okay i'm so proud of you diamond i really am thank you 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 got it going on you really do i'm so proud of you thank you my other auntie y'all just I love it. I love it. <laughs> so where can we find you, girl? You can find me on Instagram at Kenya's Keys. 
you can holler at me at keyofeasy.com or kenyaskeys.com. Just get at your girl. Get at your girl. We got we to gotta support her. Get out, y'all. Yeah, well, y'all, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode that you are able to, you know, take pieces from it, apply it to your life, run with it. Don't if you listening to stuff and not, you know, taking actionable steps, right? Take it, run with it, and then go be, go be great. Yeah. I will you catch y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, <you didn't. laughs> All right. No. <laughs> I will catch y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Talk Your Shit Podcast. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at queen underscore of diamonds. Let me know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a review and tagging me on social media. Stay audacious and I'll catch you in the next episode.